Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Football and random things here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. What's up, Jeff Woody? Uh, nothing much except delicious chocolates. We're just sitting in front of right now. You are sitting in front of some delicious chocolates. Those chocolates are from Van Veen Chocolates in Pella. Uh, Van Veen has been in business for 25 years in varying capacities. Started by Jill and Chuck Van Veen. And then Marsha and Matt took over about four years ago. Uh, they have sent us some delicious treats. We're going to try some out right now. Well, fun. Can you say the word of what, what are these called? Uh, they are pecan stukias. Stukias. Uh, so my dad is from Reasoner, and so we go down to Pella plenty. Um, I'm going to eat this. And when we, so we'll go down to Pella, and usually before this past spring. Um, oh, Kyle, real good. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, before this past spring, we would always just go to Infeld's. Um, which is a butcher shop Mm -hmm. and then Yarsma bakery, which is where you get the Dutch letters and stuff. And, but we'll go down and kind of walk the square and, uh, Van Veen is just off the main square, but I walked in there because they were looking for chocolate covered peanuts. Really enjoy that. And I walked in, I was wearing an Iowa state shirt and I would assume it's Matt. I don't just, he's just talking to him for like 10 minutes because I was wearing an Iowa state shirt. He went there. We just started talking, chatting about it. And then asked about, you know, was commenting about football season and whatever. And then he was like, then he asked for, for the name, for my name, and then instantly connected it back to fart and then started talking for another 10 minutes about football until finally my brother, sister-in-law and and girlfriend, now fiance was like, can we just leave? Like we are, you are talking too long to this person. They're nice. We get it, but we have to leave. And then when Chris said we're there providing chocolates, I got very excited. So now our Pella trips include Van Veen, Infelds, and Yarsma Bakery. Uh, they can ship to you or for you. Uh, it's a great gift idea for your health for health workers or the school staff member in your life. Maybe you're not able to see them, you know, mm-hmm. for Christmas time. Uh, not going to see Grandma at Thanksgiving. You can send her some chocolates to guarantee your order arrives before Christmas. It must be placed on or before December 10th. Sorry, I have. Uh, I've got chocolate in my mouth. You have so, in your mouth. Uh, orders after 1210 will most likely arrive after Christmas. So you're going to want to make sure and get those in early. Uh, you can go to vanveenchocolates.com. And if you use promo code Cyclones, you'll get a 7% discount. Uh, for those of our listeners here at, at Cyclone Fanatic, uh, that's vanveenchocolates.com. Uh, also going on right now down in Pella. And they just wanted us to give a, a quick shout out for, for some of these things. And um, the Pella Opera House Festival of Trees. There you go, Jeff. You can go to the Festival of Trees. Big into trees. Uh, Last that's, name, Woody. That's running trees. through. Do you get it? Saturday. I get it. Do you that's get running. Tie? Yeah, get I, I get it. I get it. Because wood trees are made out of wood. Can I, can I finish the read? 
I'm going to eat this Dutch crutch. Okay, good idea. Running, th running through noon on Saturday, December 5th, shop for Christmas and winter decorations. Visit the Children's Winterland work, uh, Winterland in their historic theater. And it includes weekly Christmas story sing-alongs and more. That's at the Pella Opera House Festival of Trees down in wonderful Pella, Iowa. Van Veen Chocolates. Shout out to you. We'll be talking about you about them plenty more here uh, as we, we move forward through uh, the month of November and into December. December 12th or 10th. I got it wrong. December 10th. Make sure and, and get your orders in and use promo code Cyclones for 7% discount at vanbeanchocolates.com. I apologize if I just broke someone's ears eating a Dutch crunch. It's delicious. It's like I couldn't. covered peanut with uh, like oats and like some, it seems like some granola in there with some nuts. Terrific. Loud. I couldn't hear it, so I assume that they probably couldn't either. I could hear it. That's what matters. Well, I mean, it's inside of your... Oh, never mind. I would say Wait, coming... That's how that works? We're coming off of a bye week now. <laughs> uh, I say with a big game on Saturday against Kansas State. Listen to uh, Chris Kleiman on the teleconference this morning. Sounds like the Wildcats are, quote-unquote, on the cusp of not being able to, excuse me, fulfill the, the thresholds required for competition in the Big 12. I don't think that that means... Like, they don't have enough players uh, overall. I think it means that they are hitting those thresholds at the offensive and defensive line positions and the quarterback spot. Which is very disadvantageous to having successful football when you are out many starters on the lines. I mean, it's really specifically disadvantageous to playing football at all yeah. when you don't have those players. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, this is going to be, because I think what was the first game, uh, maybe TCU was the first time when it was, or no, it was Louisiana, that you kind of were like sort of touch and go mm -hmm. for the, uh, to see if the game's actually going to happen. So, you know, we're talking about it in certain teeth like it's going to happen, but there's a chance that it doesn't. It's 2020, who knows? Um, so we'll talk about it with the certainty that it does, but we can also kind of. I, I will also add, it sounded like it was mostly the freshmen that this was running through, because okay. he, he did kind of explain that what, he was asked what they did during their bye week last week, which they were obviously were also want to buy is mm -hmm. uh, I think six of the other teams in the Big 12 were uh, and he said that it really ran hard through their freshman class and so they weren't able to get as much work with their young guys as they had hoped they would be able to during the bye week okay well that's I mean it's, it's bad for Kansas State that yeah. you can't get developmental work with your younger guys but really doesn't affect I felt game like, too much yeah in my mind that like was something that I was like oh okay like at least it's just the for now for fre yeah yeah like, for now. You, you don't know what could happen with contact tracing and that kind of stuff but like that right. was the thing in my mind I was like okay well at least it's a somewhat reassuring to know that it was mostly freshmen and hopefully they maybe were not quite as involved in things previously yeah. and as, could as be what potentially guys. sequestered while the practice is still going on yeah. correct um, so yeah hopefully this game does happen and you know again let's just put out just the potential that it doesn't but I don't think that either of us is counting on it not happening mm -hmm. it's just the it's out there like for those that hadn't heard that that is a potentially thing just anyway that that news is out there and where iowa state there's two things about that specifically then we can kind of ignore that and kind of put it off the table because we don't know we're recording this on monday night we don't know what's going to happen between now and saturday um but the two things that enables is one, if it is freshmen or even just people in general that are, are not able to practice during the week, especially if they're younger guys, you're not able to get a good scout look or as many scout reps as you want. And as with a team like Iowa state who runs such a different look to anyone else in the conference, you're not getting as you're going to have to rely on a lot of mental reps. Like you're going to have to watch a lot of, excuse me, watch a lot of film and say, all right, well, when they come out with these three tight ends on offense and they flex one out, then when they trade after that flex, 
to a different strength, here's what we need you to do. Here's the identification points that we're going to have you look at when you're trying to line up and whether you're, uh, if you're an interior defensive lineman, do you line up on the center, the guard, the tackle? Like what, where do you line up? And there are certain keys that kind of line you up to that. So with Iowa State, with how much they do trading and shifting and moving and they use the three tight ends, they have these spread formations, they'll use Saner and Kolar as they, these, they'll play them out wide. And, and it's just a, a bunch of different stuff that gives you a bunch of different looks, which how you set your formation is dependent upon. If you don't have those scout looks actually see it, you got to trust that your film is going to show that. So perhaps you can do a lot more walkthrough stuff, but you, you may have lost on practice time too, is let's say those offensive and defensive linemen are not able to play uh, at the the frequency or depth that they want, then that runs in, especially because Iowa State will rotate defensive line-wise, that kind of removes the advantage of the offensive line of Kansas State that they usually have in most games, different this season, uh, but that they have in most games where it's like, all right, we're going to, similar to Iowa, we're going to wear you down by the middle of the third quarter, you're ready to be done. That's probably kind of removed when you only have call it seven eligible offensive linemen to use you can't push that hard because you can't risk running one out mm -hmm. yeah and I, I also thought it was interesting that um, he was asked what again what they they focused on during the bye week and he kind of went through how they they did some stuff with Iowa State but the thing they focused on mostly with Iowa State was Iowa State's defense Mm -hmm. uh, just because it's a different kind of look. Their offense is pretty young when mm -hmm. you look at what uh, Will Howard is and where uh, Deuce Vaughn, who is also a freshman. I, I can't remember if Will, Will Howard's a freshman, but uh, it doesn't matter. But he's obviously never seen the Iowa State's defense, and uh, it was just like being prepared for what they were going to see. So I don't know, man. Like I don't know. The line came out, it was nine. This game could either be like – you know, really close to the very end. I could see it being a real nail biter, mm -hmm. but I, am I wrong if I feel like Iowa State could kind of kick the crap out of this team? It could turn out like the Oklahoma State game for Kansas State, or it could turn out like the West Virginia game. Both of those opportunities are, are, are there, which for those that aren't familiar, just go Google it. Uh, you're, you clearly are on the internet right now. If you're listening to a podcast, you can just go Google those box scores. Yeah. And West Virginia beat the tar out of Kansas State. And you kept, it's one of the, you know, like the meme where it's like kept poking, like Bart Simpson poking somebody and it's like, do something, do something. Like you expect them to do something and they didn't just because Kansas State, they got hammered by West Virginia because West Virginia defense is legit. And forcing that team into mistakes when they didn't they hadn't seen that look it's out in Morgantown like that's a hard place to play that's a tough look and then offensively they couldn't get anything going against that defense and then West Virginia kind of just steadily it wasn't a one big play here one big play there it was like we're going to run the ball for seven yards a pop and just come at you come at you come at you that's kind of how Iowa State lines up however they played Oklahoma State the week after, and they played them to a near tie where they had to have some late-game heroics for Oklahoma State to come out of that one with a win. Kansas State is reliant upon, you know, what Coach Campbell calls the winning in the margins kind of thing. They are exclusively reliant upon winning in the margins where they need to win special teams. They need to have those big special teams plays. They need to have, they need to stop you from having any special teams plays. They need to win turnovers. And then they need to be really good on third and fourth downs, or th fourth downs if necessary, but they need to be really good on fourth, the third downs on both sides of the ball. Like those three things 
are what set Kansas State apart from other programs. And when you're able to not give them those advantages by any means, because they're probably going into any particular game outside of like Kansas, they're going into the game with a worse defense and a worse offense than the opponent, except those things that third downs, turnovers, and special teams. So how do you win? Don't play into their advantages. Don't make stupid mistakes and turn the ball over. And then don't give up big special teams plays. So again, floating between West Virginia and Oklahoma State games for Kansas State, Iowa State has had a propensity to turn the ball over. And they've had a propensity to give up special teams plays, which does not lend itself well to Kansas State. However, they also have shown the ability to not do that and shown the ability to have their own big special teams plays. So if Iowa State minds their P's and Q's, absolutely. This game, I think, at that nine and a half line, from a talent perspective on both sides and a depth perspective on both sides, this game could, if Iowa State, again, minds their P's and Q's and doesn't open the door, they win this game comfortably. But if Iowa State doesn't, because Kansas State is what they always are going to be, which is discipline, sound, fundamental, take care of your responsibility, and just play even keel football the whole time. If Iowa State leaves the door open by giving up big special teams plays and being out of position, by turning the ball over, by putting themselves in, you know, gambling to try and make a, a big, you know, down the field pass and getting sacked for 12 yards and you're third and 18, those kinds of things allow Kansas State to be in the game. So stay on script. Don't open the door for Kansas State. You win comfortably. You do dumb stuff. They are 100% built to take that down. So, yeah, I don't think this game is going to end up at a nine point. I don't think it's going to be flirting too much with that line. It's going to be well over or well under. Yeah, and I mean, anybody who listens to Chris and Brent on Sunday nights, they've talked a lot about how the analytics don't like Kansas State. And, I mean, to put some context into that, they're eighth in the league in total offense. There are 10 teams. And there's 10 teams. The only two that are worse are Baylor and Kansas. I mean, as anybody would have expected. Uh, defensively, which this is somewhat shocking, they're eighth in the league in total defense. Ahead of only Texas Tech and Kansas. Which tells you but then they're also like fourth in the league in scoring defense which tells you that they might give up a lot of yards but they're pretty good when you get inside that 20 yard and line at area taking the ball away and taking the ball away and then the one that i think is the most shocking to me because it's just so against what kansas state usually is is that they're eighth in the league in rushing offense mm -hmm. and we talked about this a little bit with baylor two weeks ago but the idea of kansas state being eighth in the league in rush offense and still somehow being five and two in league play and being in the conversation to potentially, you know, if some things broke their way, there's a, there is a path for Kansas State to somehow end up in the Big 12 championship game with three games to play. Like for them to be in that conversation with the fact that they're eighth in the league in rushing is shocking to me. And, and, that, and then you add in the fact that they're seventh in the league in rush defense. And like that's why the analytics don't like them. The, the numbers are not good when you look at this Kansas State team. And it's just the thing, but it, I don't know where you'd find it. And I legitimately tried to find these as far as where are they in turnover margin? And where are they in third downs? And where are they in penalties? And where are they in special teams? Those four things are not things that that analytics really love mm -hmm. it's turnover margin is like an analytics favor turnover margin but a lot of times there's a theory that turnover margin is uh it's a lot to chance you know the ball bounces one way or the other someone drops an interception when they shouldn't or someone catches it whatever uh but i would venture to say that they're minimally top half in all those four categories of penalties third downs special teams and turnovers you're gonna and that's what makes kansas state kansas state 
So, yeah, it's really shocking that they're really bad at running the ball because that is, I mean, you look at any team or any Kansas State team over the past 30 years, and it's really good special teams, running the ball, eating the clock. Those are the things that end up always being present with Kansas State. They're sixth in the league in penalties, averaging 63.9 yards per game. They are seventh in the league in time of possession. And then in turnovers they are where's turnover margin at i can't find turnover margin i can't find it sorry see that's i've tried to do that yeah well. i mean i'm sure i could but uh, i can't get on the internet in here so uh i'm using my phone trying to navigate this website and i'm not able to do it but i would imagine yes they are probably pretty high they were really high in interceptions mm-hmm. and uh fumbles recovered so. and if you look at the oklahoma game i mean how'd the oklahoma game go with Kansas State, Oklahoma. They won that game because they turned Oklahoma over four times. You do that against any team, and you're going to have a hard time winning. Iowa State had to battle back to over their four turnovers to beat Baylor in an absolute scrap of a game that they ended up turning Baylor over a couple times themselves with block punt. And like the, all of those things, they had to be present in order for Iowa State to beat Baylor because they shot themselves in the foot. So, yeah, it's... it's um, this game is either going to be very close or Iowa State wins comfortably. And I'm not really sure which one it is because it kind of depends on the mistakes made or lack of mistakes made by Iowa State. But it seems like the ball is more in Iowa State's court to screw up than it is for Kansas State to outright beat Iowa State. I mean, what are the what are the things that you want to see the most from Iowa State? You know, I mean, especially in these next two games when it's going to be – I mean, you win the next two, you're going Big 12 championship. Right. Like, right. And obviously this one is going to be big, but next one against Texas mm-hmm. will it could arguably be one of the biggest games in school history, mm-hmm. especially with the mark, with the television slot that you're going to be in on Black Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning, which is usually one of the bigger yeah. television spots for, for college football. I mean... What are the biggest things that, yeah, what are the biggest things that you want to see from them the next two weeks specifically, but then obviously against West Virginia as well? I think you just need to, when I say mind your P's and Q's, it's stay on schedule. It is, you need to, as this offense is built on almost a boring rhythm that, you know, the the Texas Tech game was, I think, Iowa State's best, the the third quarter Baylor and, and then the Texas Tech game were, I think, Iowa State's best offensive performances, which is what it wants to do is you're going to get eight yards of play regardless of how you get there and then every once in a while break one big but you're never putting yourself in long down a distance situations you're never putting yourself in a really disadvantageous field position because you're always advancing the ball down the field so staying on schedule and just making sure you don't screw stuff up because every football play is designed for success you can never you you would never actively call a play that has no chance of working you sometimes a defense stumbles into it or you you don't check out of something that's not going to work but every play if you block where you need to if you don't throw the ball to the other team if you run the right route and you catch the ball you do the just mind your p's and q's and stay on schedule that play will likely be successful and so for iowa state to win the next few games they have to do the same thing they've done to this point which is stay on schedule they are bigger and more physical than almost every team they're going to play and i'll lump texas into that 
they out physical. They beat the heck out of Oklahoma with running the ball, and they beat the heck out of Oklahoma's offense. They were more physical than Oklahoma. The only team that has contested that is Oklahoma State to kind of match the headbutting that Iowa State's able to perform. So it's staying on schedule and trusting the fact that your physicality and your execution is better than theirs. That they may steal one here or there, but if unless you give them the chance, they're not going to win. So it's for the next couple of weeks is win turnover. Don't do the dumb stuff that you did in the first couple or the first few drives against Baylor and pit, you know, throw a whether Chase Allen was supposed to be a foot wider or Brock was supposed to throw that a foot tighter I don't know but don't do that you know it's doing things and executing at an easy level when I say easy is just assignment and keys if you can be a assignment 100% and key 100% whatever happens is going to happen but you're probably going to be successful so it's mind your p's and q's and stay on schedule and just do the simple things right don't try and do everything because you are a better team i would include both of the, all the final 3 games this is fun to say but i think iowa state is a better team than texas texas's defense is really suspect they're out of position a lot so iowa state's a better team for the final than the final 3 games don't let the other team in by playing poorly and I think the thing that's somewhat encouraging, too, is just Iowa State has not played a complete game. We've seen times where the offense played really well for portions of a game. We've seen times where the defense has probably been pretty close on a couple occasions to be in what I would call a complete game. But there's never been when both units are clicking mm-hmm. simultaneously, you know. And I don't – I guess maybe encouraging isn't the right word for that. But it's like if they can get to where they can play their best football – like, I think it's still out there, mm-hmm. you know, the, we have not seen them do that yet. And we have not seen, I think, live this group live up to what the potential for it is on both sides of the football in some, some, I don't know, in some respect. I and guess. yet they're leading the conference. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. In the encouraging part is they've not played perfect and they're still winning the conference. The problem is, is it's going into what week like. 90, 11, yeah. 96 of the season and they still haven't played perfect which is perfect is a really hard standard to well, be, yeah, to be yeah, held yeah. to but at the same time like you're talking about it's just that the defense is 100% clicking and the offense is 100% clicking I think the closest that we got were like I would mentioned before were the middle half uh, well, basically anything after the block field goal before the last touchdown drive against Texas Tech, that was what Iowa State is capable of but they couldn't hold it at the very start the very finish if you play, if that team shows up against anybody, they're going to beat the hell out of them. I mean, you know, not Alabama Clemson, but like anybody that you're remaining in the conference, Kansas State, Texas, Western, you, if that team shows up, there's nothing that anyone, any other team can do because they are that, if when they are that efficient running the ball and they're that efficient stopping the run and keeping everyone to a third and long, yeah, you might get a Sam Ellinger big conversion here or someone breaks a tackle and takes a big run there, but they're not going to be able to consistently out-execute that team. When the team that shows up in the first quarter against Baylor shows up, they can open the door and get beat by anybody. But that team is increasingly rare as the season has gone on. They've made less dumb stuff happen. It's Oklahoma State, one quarter against Baylor, quarter and a half against Baylor. But otherwise, for the most part against basically the entire last five games, there hasn't really been a lot of opportunity for another team to really work their way back in. And I think the thing that about this Iowa State team that's just so different, and I'm, I'm kind of just coming to this in, in my own mind, is that 
in the past, we sat and we talked about how like Iowa State has to do everything. They have to do everything right. They've got to do this right. They've got to do that right to hold these teams from beating them because the teams are that much better than them. It's like Kansas State. It's what we were talking about with Kansas State towards Iowa State. They have to They have to do everything right. Yeah. And But now it's like you look at it and it's like, okay, well, we know that these other teams are good, but Iowa State's really good too. It's like if Iowa State does what they're supposed to do and they don't go out and mess up, you're probably going to have a pretty good chance to win the football game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's what teams like – it's what an, a, a Texas would say coming into Ames, you mm-hmm. know, four years ago. It's what Oklahoma would say coming into Ames four years ago. If we don't go in and do stupid stuff, we're going to be okay. You know, it might be – might get a little hairy sometimes. But more often than not, we're going to be able to figure it out, you know. And right now with – that's where I feel like we're getting to with Iowa State. It's not quite on that same level just because obviously those programs recruit at a considerably different level than what Iowa State does. But it's like – with the veterans that you've got on this team and the guys that are really getting to the peak of their college careers, it's like if they go out and do what they're supposed to do and you play the way that you're supposed to play, supposed to play you're going to win or you're going to at least give yourself an opportunity to win. And that's just – you want to see them get out of their own way mm-hmm. on some level. I would like to see them beat the hell out of somebody Yeah, to, to end the year. Yeah, I would too. And partially just be – you know, selfishly, it'd be really fun to watch a thorough – ass kicking of any of the final three teams yeah, on the schedule. Specifically Kansas State. Spe- well, I mean, specifically would, any of them. Specifically any. I don't but I'd really like care. to see them kick the hell out of uh, Kansas State. Just for years. Yeah, just, just, to get, just to get back at them. Yeah. They've, they've earned it. They, for the past 15 years. Yes, correct. Uh, I think Brent Bloom said that it's been since 2005 since Iowa State has beaten Kansas State by more than a touchdown. And obviously they lost by more than touchdowns yeah, in the 10-year span there. But we, uh, we did. That happened. I was there for one of those. Four heartbreakers, one total drubbing. That was the the one was the forty-one uh, to seven, I think. Yeah, I think that was the no stupid questions game. Yep, that was that was really bad. Anyway, um, the thing that you're mentioning with Iowa State being kind of the caliber that they do have some wiggle room. You know, you don't have wiggle room against Oklahoma, but you got, and you don't necessarily have a ton of wiggle room against Texas, but you do have a little wiggle room against Kansas State. You just don't want to, you don't want to explore the wiggle room. Right. You don't want to get into that situation if you don't have to. Right. Like Baylor, Iowa State, we can say this, played like garbage in the first half. Very bad. Very bad. And then right out of the second half, they fumble it again. Like, just as as calamitous as you can possibly tie together two, and a, two quarters in a couple minutes. And then after that, because they have wiggle room, because their talent, their size, their execution, their athletic ability, their depth everywhere, they were able to just pull themselves back out of it because they're really good. Just don't dig yourself into those holes. That's the, yeah, that that's the thing. You know, you're mentioning that Iowa State, if they play their game, they win. Name a team on the schedule that that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there was one. Yeah, and they beat Oklahoma, which is the only one now that I would say, hey, you're going to have to really pull some things off. But even still, you already beat them. Right. All right. Uh, really quick before we move on. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official Cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at Authentic-Brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. I don't know what more there is to talk about with this game coming up. I mean, it's just like we talked a little bit about it last week. I mean, Kansas State, we dove into their specific numbers and stuff like that. But it's just I I think this is a game that Iowa State will win Mm -hmm. if if they come out and play the way that they're supposed to. And I don't know. I got a feeling. I got a feeling they're going to kick their ass a little bit. I'm not going to wood for you. 
Thank you. Knocking on wood for you. That's that's my contribution to Iowa State this week. No, I think the uh, the other just a couple little mini shout outs. And again, knocking on wood. The when you look around the country as far as like protocols and stuff like that, Mark Oberly and the the athletic training staff, and then that trickles down through everybody else, has done a really good job of making sure they stay safe because kind of understanding the priority. Um, and so shout out to the policies and procedures that the university and the athletics department and the football team specifically uh, have put in place to keep everyone healthy. Again, one positive test out of their last 699 tests as announced by Jimmy Pollard today. So in that, uh, the other thing that I'm really curious about, um, and you as a, you're, you're close enough to be, have been, having been a student that you kind of remember this, this academic calendar is weird. This academic calendar ends with finals before Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving is a week from Wednesday, or a week from Thursday, yeah, which means their finals are a week from Wednesday. No, the, the semester ends on Friday, I think. I thought, I thought the, that's what Brent said on the podcast Sunday night. It was either that or I'm pretty, I thought finals, they said went Saturday to Wednesday. So the semester okay, ends and then be. it's finals. Yeah. So the classes, your classes are done on Friday. Your semester is done through Wednesday of next week. If I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure we'll get tweeted at or commented, whatever. But either way, you're in the middle of a game week and you're going into finals. Like this is dead week. So the interesting thing that in, in my head is last week during a bye, I would guess because Matt, or Coach Campbell is a details guy that last week was a heavy academic week for most of the guys in the team that, you know, dead week is where your, your um, projects are due, your papers are due, all that kind of stuff is due. These guys are still students. They have to still do school stuff. And I bet they were spending a lot of time last week trying to get on top of their academics before coming into this week. Because if you have to stay up till 3 a.m. cramming for a final that you have to take on Tuesday of Texas week, that's really not that's not beneficial for anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing last week, because of their academic calendar, a lot of stuff had to change with their academic schedule, which is it's an interesting nugget to kind of just consider as you go into these next couple games is they're dealing with finals and dealing with Kansas state and Texas. How would maybe last week have changed too, when you consider that they're going to play two games in 13 days against pretty physical opponents? Well, that's, I don't know if that necessarily changes too much. Cause it's just, you're at the end of the season. Like at this point it is, I mean, get in the training room, get in the weight room to do mobility stuff, to make sure you stay active, like make sure that everybody's all tied together. Um, this is where coach Andrews, the strength coach, uh, when you upgrade the strength staff to match them with the athletic training staff, to match them with a really high quality, high quality coaching staff, the drop-off that we had seen, and this is an interesting note that they, that, that coach Campbell has kind of touched upon at various points throughout the year and off season, uh, is when he kind of does a deep dive and like a deconstruction debriefing of the season, the thing that he's said is they always fell off in November. And he attributed that at least partially to a too intensive of a practice schedule throughout the season and too much lifting throughout, throughout the season rather than preservation um, and kind of optimization of performance. It was still, you still had some strength building elements during the season. By the time they got to the end of the, the, end of the season in November, they started getting fatigued. Like there is, you can, your body can only do so much, especially through finals. There's just so much, only so much energy that your, your system can create. So that was one of the main reasons why they wanted to switch to a, to get a new strength coach, to upgrade their strength staff to match them with the athletic training staff and we saw in a november game against baylor 
granted it's not the 10th game of the season like a lot of november games are but this it was still you're a november game the second half they went absolutely nuts they dominated the second half so which means they have more legs left they were able to be fresher so the the change of this strength staff is going to make a really big difference in what the back half of the season is going to be like because this is the first time there's been a different strength coach since matt campbell's been at iowa state which i'm very curious to see i would i'm not curious i know that it's going to be better because the strength staff is really good so it's going to be better i'm just curious how much better is it going to be based on their preservation of energy and the bodies of the guys to last throughout the season even if you're not injured if you're fatigued it doesn't matter you can't you're a step slow you're a a a yard short but being able to have enough energy that's especially through a season like this that's another thing that's interesting so with finals with going into the end of the season new strength staff uh, this is just a lot of stuff of programmatic things that uh, a Campbell administration is going to is going to focus on being really good even if it's not this year it's going to be in years future that that's where they're going to end up going for sure all right I just wasn't sure if there would anything would be changed but that, that I doubt it it's just I mean a lot going on in the next two weeks on. for the program if you are if you are a I mean put your Charlie is a brilliant kid but like put your put Charlie's eyes or put yourself in Charlie's eyes for a second He's in, he's a redshirt junior, right? Yeah. Fourth year. Yeah. Fourth year student. So he's going into his senior year academic classes. So he has senior year academic classes and he is in which engineering? Oh man. I, I forget I'd, I'd have which, to, I'd have to look. I'm something sure. like aerospace or yeah. like hydroelectric or material. I mean, some something high intense. level yeah. engineering class. So you're Charlie Kolar and you have to prepare for three or four different engineering finals and figure out what the front for Kansas State is going to provide while you're studying and you have to get all your projects done you have to create your whatever models you're going to have for your class and then you have to turn around and play on Saturday and you can celebrate your play on Saturday for a grand total of like three hours because on the way home you probably have to prep and continue prepping for your class that you have a final on Tuesday Mm -hmm. like this is just what you have to have the turnaround of any one of these guys is just really quick oh and by the way you have to play another game on friday oh yeah yeah your turnaround is uh is the day short and it's against the texas longhorns in austin in yes good luck guys the day after thanksgiving yeah so it's it's just this is a lot going on and it's not unique to iowa state there are a lot of academic programs out or just a lot of schools that are that set this academic calendar but it's just a lot going on so you know that if you are normally a person who hate tweets players one pull your head out of your ass and two hold back for the next couple weeks just because they got a lot on their plate right now certainly all right is there anything else you want to throw you want to add before we sign off nothing man just some get some get yourself some van veen chocolates get yourself some van veen chocolates and we will uh we'll talk to you guys again next week hopefully on a on a victory monday uh prior to friday's game against the longhorns all right thanks everybody for listening peace